Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. It is all about living the life you were created to live. And I am extremely honored. I, I, I wake up each morning and I'm thinking, is this real? I mean, am I honestly blessed enough to live the kind of life that I get to experience every single day? And I got to tell you, my friends, I'm not lucky. (laughs) I get that a lot. I I post on social media about some of the things that are going on in my life, some of the things that I do, some of the places that I go. And occasionally I get, it's like, oh, you're so lucky as a comment in social media. And I'm going to tell you right now, I believe that there is some element of luck, being at the right place at the right time and stuff like that. That I, I, I tend to more attribute what some people call luck to divine connections. I believe it's a little bit more orchestrated by my creator, but eh, you know, I'm still saying there's a little bit of luck in there. But here's one thing I want to tell you. I believe that I was created by the creator of all things. And I believe that I was created in the image of that creator And being that I was created in the image of a creator, I have the gift of creation and I believe that life is created. And I want to tell you, I'm not lucky. I am living the life for which I created. And today I'm going to share with you how I created that life. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to share that with you by inviting my friend Lingen onto the podcast. Lingen, how are you? I'm great, Cliff. Thank you. And uh, hi, everyone. I've been listening to your show for a decade, I guess. So I'm really honored to be here. Lingen and I go way back. He was part of the podcast mastermind for the entire two years that I did the podcast mastermind. And man, talking about life is created. I mean, I'm looking at where you're sitting today, Lingen. Let me ask you this. When you were a part of the Next Level Mastermind, could you ever have dreamed that your life would be what it is today? When I was part of the podcast mastermind, you mean? I'm sorry. Yeah, when you were part of the podcast mastermind, not the Next Level Mastermind, but what was that? It was like 2012, right? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I wouldn't believe that I could live my passion and share my passion and help thousands and thousands of people being able to travel to see you at the free the dream conference and to be able to help people and doing things that i love to be talking interviewing my mentor that's just amazing and and i gotta tell you i love what you're doing because it where you are right now in your career you're doing in france what i see you're you're following a similar journey. I think that God has ha- had you on a similar journey that that I had been on, 
And I love what I've seen in you because I've seen you following and learning from me. And and by the way, it's it's not about stroking my own ego. I mean, you're certainly learning valuable lessons from some other incredible people online as well. Uh, and and I love the fact that you even take take in content from people that unfortunately I, I I'm a little turned off by some of the internet marketers. <laughs> but I love the fact that you're able to to pull out the good bits and apply them. And what I love is that I've seen you succeed in business. For, you, you've made it further, faster than I did on my own journey. And, and uh, I'm just excited about who you are and what you've been able to do and, and how you're taking that approach and helping people in, in French learn how to take their message, their business in life to the next level. Yeah, and that's a great honor to like... Mimicking your model is really helping me going deeper with my community, my clients. That's the love and the humility and the level of caring that you bring to us as a client uh, at the Next Level Mastermind or at the Free the Dream Conference. That's a real example that I want to bring to my clients. And if they like and find value of what I provide, it's really because I've seen you doing it with me, with the other clients. It's just, it's not just theory, it's real. And that's just awesome. So thank you, Cliff. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, man, Lingen and I, when I say we go way back, I mean, there was like I said, two years, he was a part of the podcast mastermind, which was, that was so long ago. Uh, my family and I, we did a two-week European vacation where we traveled to five <laughs> countries within two weeks. And one of those stops was in Paris, France. And Lingen met us there in Paris. That's where he's from. And took us out to lunch that day, which is incredibly awesome stuff. I, in fact, I just came across the photo that we took, uh, the the you with my family, and I sent that via text message. It was just a great reminder, and I thought that you would like to have a copy of that. If I know you had an original version of it, but it was cool to have it pop up, and just it reminds me of our our relationship, our friendship. And that's one of the things I love about business is that business isn't just about transactions. It's about relationships. And I am honored to not only call you a client, a longstanding client. I'm like, you, you were a paid client of the, ne- of the podcast mastermind for two years. You are a paid attendee. You traveled all the way from France to Franklin, Tennessee for free the dream. Uh, and you've been a paid member now for the next level mastermind and currently are a paid member of that. But through all of the years, I've always considered you a friend, and I love our relationship, and, and, I, and, and it's fun to see the number of times that we have interacted face-to-face, even though you're based in France and I'm in the United States. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, and thanks the internet for that, and thanks, uh, thank God for uh, being your brother in Christ. And that's just a blessing. Absolutely. So Lingen, I wanted to share with folks the conversation that we just had for a program that you're doing. And I know that I do have many French listeners. So, um, go ahead and tell us real quickly about your summit that you've got going on and um, explain what 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 this is that we're what I'm what you're giving me the gift of sharing with my community. 
Yeah. Uh, very quickly, maybe I can bring some value. It's an online summit. The goal is to have uh, 25 or 10 or uh, uh speakers that you invite to bring value like webinars and they will send emails to you and then you can uh, get many emails and bring a lot of value to everyone. So everyone is winning. You bring more uh, visibility to uh, the speaker, you earn some subscribers and the subscribers learn from people like you. So this is my virtual summit. Uh, if there are people f who are speaking French, you can go to svs2020.com. S, uh, svs2020.com. There you go. Very cool. And Lingam, I want people to to follow you in social media. And uh, do you where where do you put content the most? Where can people find you on Instagram, on Facebook, YouTube, wherever? Yeah, on Instagram. So it's L I N G E N H S I A. L-I-N-G-E-N-H-S-I-A. And hopefully I'll come with my wife to the Frida Dream Conference so you can meet me there. Awesome. Well, Lingen, thank you so much. What you guys are about ready to hear right now is the audio recording of me being interviewed uh, teaching during his SVS uh, summit for his community. And thankfully, it's in, in English because I don't speak French. <laughs> and uh, But the conversation was, I think, pretty powerful. It's, it's stuff that you've heard from me probably before, but maybe there's little new... Actually, no, it's not maybe. There are definitely several new nuances that were included in this conversation that I think could be powerful. And while 80% of this stuff you may have heard me say or teach 10, 15 times in the past in this podcast or various other places... There are two things I have to say to you about that. Number one, repetition is the mother of skill. Just because you've heard it before doesn't mean you've yet taken the decision to apply it to your life. Maybe today will be that day. Number two, there are definitely things in here that I've said in this conversation that I've never said before, and it may just be that one thing that God uses for you to unlock something that's been holding you back. So without any further ado, Lingen, thank you so much for allowing us to share this conversation. Hi, everyone. It's a great honor and a pleasure for me to have uh, Cliff Ravenscraft as a, a, a speaker for this uh, online masterclass. So Cliff is a business and a mindset coach. Uh, he's been coaching me and mentoring me for many years now. And what we're going to talk with Cliff, Cliff is how to have the right mindset to succeed in business. So Cliff, thank you. Welcome. And if you could give us more insights about uh, what, who you are, how did you uh, uh, end up to be the mindset answer man? Uh, and thank you to be here. Well, first of all, it's an honor to be here, Lingen. It's an honor to do life with you personally. And I, I'm just thrilled to call you my friend. So thank you for this opportunity. As far as your answer to the, an overview of who I am and how did I become the Mindset Answer Man, I like to start it off by first telling folks that in November 2015, 14, I made a decision to work out six days a week, 
every week for the rest of my life. And over the past five years, I've burned over 100 pounds of body fat and (laughs) I've put on over 20 pounds of pure muscle mass. About two years ago, I made the decision to quit sugar, to literally stop eating sugar for the rest of my life. And I haven't touched the stuff since. Uh And um, so what happened for me is I left a family-run insurance agency started by my grandfather in 1937, then owned by my father, and I was next in line to take over. I was already in the family business for 12 years, but I discovered a love and a calling for podcasting, for creating content that is entertaining, educational, encouraging, and inspirational, stuff that literally helps people break free from anything holding them back from living the life that God has called them to live. And I started podcasting in 2005 as a hobby. And then by two years into my journey of podcasting and creating content, I decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I I want to find some way to make this work. And I left the most job security you could possibly imagine. I was already very successful in a very lucrative career And I gave all of that up to pursue something that was fulfilling to me. I then eventually figured out how to create an online business as a podcast coaching consultant. I created a company called Podcast Answer Man. And over a decade, I built it to a a business that was generating a half a million dollars of annual revenue with just myself, no team necessary. And I trained personally over 40, I'm responsible for training 40,000 people on the successful launch of their podcast. And then (laughs) I made a decision. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to, I just want to get paid to encourage and inspire people. I I just want to skip the middle process of this thing where I had been taught that I need some sort of tangible, tangible product that people will pay for. I had a limiting belief that people wouldn't just pay for a conversation with me. But over time, through my podcast coaching, I realized that more and more people were coming back to me, not because they needed to launch a podcast, but because they loved talking with me. And then I thought, what would life be like if I could just get paid to have conversations that help people break free from the mindsets that have been holding them back? And today, I I actually was uh, September 2017, I shut down 100% of all of my revenue as a result of my inspiration from the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And within a couple months, I replaced all of that income, or at least not all the half million, but I I still knew that my minimum was $240,000 a year. I completely replaced what my minimum was. And today, and for the last two years, I've been known as the Mindset Answer Man. So hopefully that's a brief overview that explains how I became the Mindset Answer Man. Yeah, that, that's awesome because I've been, uh, I could be a biographer because I've been following you for 10 years now and I've seen all of this and it, it's amazing the choices you made. So one question I want to ask is like, how did you or where did you find the drive to move from your comfort zone, from a business with your father that worked great, where you were really good at, the podcast instrument where where you were uh, a leader in that field. How did you find the drive or why did you find this uh, willingness to go out of this comfort zone? Because I don't see many people doing that. 
Yeah, well, here's one thing. By the way, I, my apologies to those who are not fa- faith-based. I'm a very faith-based person, so I'm just going to be authentic and tell my story. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. so this is no uh, trying, not trying to try to convince anybody of anything, but I just want to tell you my story. I felt called to Christian ministry full-time when I was 18 years old. I'm like, I know I want to be a pastor one day. And I actually did become a pastor in 1996. I was an associate pastor just on the side outside of my insurance job. I was an associate pastor teaching, preaching, uh, and also performed weddings, all that good stuff. (laughs) And what happened was for me, I realized that the content that I was producing was having a pa- positive and powerful impact and influence in people's lives way beyond the years and years that I had spent in official ministry capacity. And I'm going to back up for just a second, Lingen, explain to people what you see me doing so that, that we yeah. feel the dead air here. Yeah. All right. So here's what I did. I started receiving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds wow. of postcards and letters from people all over the world. And Lingen, if you want to know where the drive came from, I want to tell you about uh, at least three of these letters in here are from people who said, because of you, Cliff, and some things that you shared in your story, it gave me the hope that I needed to not take my life. Three letters handwritten from people who decided not to commit suicide because they finally found the hope they needed to hang on, to not just survive in life, but to actually today they're thriving. There's a letter in here that is, it's actually not a handwritten letter, but it's an email that's been printed out. I'm just going to set this over here for a second. Yeah. There's a letter in there that is printed out and it's an email that was sent to me and it said, Cliff, just want to let you know, because of you, my kids have a dad again. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but here's what I want to just tell you. Many years ago, I made the decision to leave my wife for a younger woman, and I felt so guilty about the whole thing, I just completely abandoned my kids altogether. I've been listening to you and your wife and your family from the heart podcast. And as a result of hearing you guys, I realized so many things I had wrong in the way that I was thinking about life, the way that I was thinking about marriage and how it should have been. And I realized just how wrong I was. Um, I'm not sure how things are going to go, but I'm working on reconciling my marriage with my wife. But one thing I can tell you is their kids have a dad again, and it's all thanks to you, your wife, Stephanie, and the content that you create. So Lingen, does that answer your question where I had the drive to pursue this? Yeah, wow. It's seeing the impact on other people's life, right? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, I feel like we could go on a, on a three hour discussion, but uh, you prepared three points that you wanted to share in order to help us entrepreneurs build a better business. So can you please start with the, the first one you, you prepared? Sure. I should have. I, I finished a 45-minute workout like 10 minutes before we got on our call. <laughs> no problem. I just fit it. Yeah, so, yeah, What's maybe the, just to, the, the to, first to let po- people. Yeah, go ahead. You explain. Yeah. Yeah, just to let people know also why I'm so excited to have you is like uh, I was part of a podcast uh, mastermind Cliff had. Uh, now I'm part of the Next Level Mastermind. I've been to the Free the Dream conference. And 
you should know that I'm following all the Grand Cardone, uh, Tony Robbins, the Gary Vaynerchuk, and all the names you can uh, say. But Cliff, uh, I'm really glad that you're here because you have this deep of knowledge uh, of thinking that I'm just way uh, really excited to know what you want to share. So I just want people to know that you're not here just because I found you somewhere. So yeah, yeah. please go. I appreciate that. Now, the only thing I'm going to do, and I'm just throwing this authentically, just so people know, yeah. Lingen, remind me, what are the three thi- the p- three points that I told you that I would share? Because I have a lot of different things I could share and I remember sharing. Yeah, yeah. So the first one is you email- know what you want. Yeah, you email me if you want to find it. It's okay. You emailed it to me the 13th of January. So the importance of knowing what you want. Yep, got what's it. your dream. Yep. Your important, the importance of leverage. Yes, knowing and why. the importance of decisions, massive action, failure, and changing your approach. Got it. That's all I needed. All oh, right. Yeah. So that's the summary. Are you, are you ready for point number one? Yeah, let's go. All right, Lingen, let me tell you something. As a professional coach, uh, I get asked one question, or actually, I start off most conversations. How can I serve you in such a powerful way during our one-on-one session here today that you'll never, it's so powerfully, that you'll never forget this conversation for the rest of your life? And specifically, if they don't understand what I'm asking, I say, what is it that you most want to get out of our call? Most everyone says, Cliff, If you could help me get clarity about the exact next right steps on how to achieve what it is that I'm doing today, uh, what I'm going after, that, that would be perfect. So what they're telling me is that what they most want and what they most desire are the exact right things, that actions that they should take that is guaranteed to not fail that will make sure that they won't be judged, that makes sure that they get exactly what they want, exactly when they want it, how they want it. They want discernment on exactly the right next steps. That they And specifically, they want clarity about what those steps are. And the reality is, such information does not exist. It just doesn't. Now, there is something called the modeling formula. Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. He says, listen, if you want to, you find a role model, find somebody who's already achieving success, doing exactly what it is that you want to do, then become a student of what they have done to get there and then do what they did. And I love that. I, I, I use role modeling a great deal. But it really doesn't work because here's what I will tell you is that if you go out and you study somebody and you find out the things that they did to get where they are today, you find some of those things and some of those things you just don't want to do. Maybe some of those things go against who you are and your identity, um, your core values. Or let's just say for in the best case scenario, you found that exact role model, you know exactly what they did, and it's all in perfect alignment with who you are, your values, you've got the formula laid out. The reality is, is most people, when they have a list of things they know would work, they still can't find themselves taking action on a consistent basis. They put all those things on the to-do list and then all of a sudden they find five more things that they can put on the to-do list and then they find another three tips over here. They sign up for this course, they go to that conference, they bec- it's like they become information junkie and now 
They literally have enough action steps to get them exactly what they most want out of life. And if they were to take all of those actions, it would probably take them about 15, 20 years (laughs) to implement (laughs) everything, but they don't implement anything because they're overwhelmed. And the reality is, is that what they say they want isn't really what they want. So the, the most important first step is to be clear on what it is that you want. See, I do know that my clients, when they come to me and they say, Cliff, what I most hope to get out of our time together is clarity. But they think that it's clarity about the next right step. And you might have the next right steps, but if you don't know where those steps are taking you to, oh, I know exactly where those steps are taking me to. I want to have 10 people in my paid mastermind group. I know exactly where those tips, 10 steps are. It's, it's going to help me pay off my debt. I know those exactly where it's going to allow me to leave my day job. The, the reality is, is that's not exactly what you're going after. You're not necessarily going after your desire. Your clarity isn't, oh, wow, if I could just have 10 people in my paid mastermind, life will be perfect. No, the reality is is there's something missing in your life. There's something that you dream of. There's something you desire that you believe that if you had 10 paid masterminds or if you were debt-free or if you had whatever else, if you left the day job, there's something else that you want that you think those things will get you. Because here's my, here's the problem that most people have. They set goals for themselves, they go after them. If you're an achiever like myself, Lingen, I know you're an achiever as well. The problem that we face is we can, we can go and set a goal to fill this or to go and leave this, to become debt-free. We can do all of those things, find the right steps and achieve those goals and check it off the list. And we feel great for a couple hours. <laughs> Sometimes even a couple days and maybe even a month or so. But then those things really don't fulfill us. So the question is, what do you really want? Do you have a clear picture of exactly what you want your life to look like? Proverbs, I think it's 28, what is it? 2918. 2918, thank you. Proverbs 2918. <laughs> Without vision, the people will perish. Without a clear picture of what you want and what you believe and what you feel your life must look like, or we'll get back to the must, but what you want, you desire your life to be like, until you begin to design or create your life, everything else is meaningless. So what you need to get clarity on is what you want. What is your exact destination? So for example, for me, Here's, here's a, a, a clear picture of what I want my life to look like. I, and I know this very clearly. Number one, I want to be an incredibly awesome, loving, devoted, loyal husband to my wife. I want my wife and I to have such a relationship that there's no doubt in anyone's mind, including mine or hers, that she is my best friend and that I'm her best friend. I want to always want and desire her, just uh, in, in a spiritually connected sense, in a physically connected sense, in a in a thought emotionally sense. I want to all. I want to be one with her in relationship. That's that's number one. That's that's that must be a part of my life. I want to make sure that we have plenty of opportunities to connect with each other on a deep level, not just about the the strategic, technical, day-by-day operations of our family and managing our kids, but I want to be able to go out on date nights, very intentional date nights, at least every other week. 
And more recently, I've had this dream. It's like, I would love nothing more than to be able to have an entire four-day weekend once every three months where Stephanie and I will go out and have a date weekend together. We just got back, by the way, from Colorado in the Rocky Mountains. It was the most incredible experience. That's, that's something that I want to be a part of life. I want to be an incredibly loving person father to my three children. I want my kids to know that they are as important, if not more important, than any of my close friends or my clients who pay for my time. When they call, I want to avoid looking at the phone, seeing the caller ID, and it's, oh, great, what do they want now? Which, by the way, authentically, I'm telling you, has happened to me in the past. And occasionally, something like that still pops up out of somewhere, and I have to deal with that. But one of the dreams that I have is that my kids know that they come first. Well, actually, that my, they, that my kids know that their mom comes first, but then they come before my clients. And so I want a life where my kids know that they're loved. I want to provide for them, but I don't want to just give them everything. I want them to learn what it's like to work for things and to to do stuff like that, but I'd still love the freedom and flexibility and financial ability to do the things that I feel prompted to do for them whenever it comes up. I want to be able to to have the financial freedom in our family to be and remain to be and remain completely debt free. I want to have the ability to have a minimum of 6 to 12 months of my income saved in an emergency fund. I want to make sure that I have always a minimum of a million dollars of life insurance at least at this point and maybe more in the future uh, to where if anything were to happen to me my wife has this. I want to be make sure that financially the the medical insurance is covered and if you know I, I want some financial security there uh, and can, I know what those numbers look like go ahead Cliff can I like you talked a lot about your family and this is something very few people talk about they separate the the family the personal life and the business life could you tell us like the connection you see between your family of personal life and your business life is it really connected because some people just talk about the business how is it connected so i want you to understand lingen for me there is no disconnect between family and business and faith every uh, here's what i will say everything in my life every woke waking moment of my life is ministry so i feel called like I said, when I was 18 years old, I felt a call to full-time ministry to devote my life fully to the creator of the universe and the guy who had created me for whatever purpose he created me for. I am 100% all in on that. By the way, I'm not perfect. I have all kinds of problems. I make mistakes. I do selfish things. I, I, but no matter what, flaws included, Everything I do, I, I desire to do out of a heart to serve my creator and the purpose for why I'm here on this earth. And so for me, that means ministry. Ministry equals serving others. And here's what I will tell you. First and foremost, I'm called to serve my wife. Second of all, I'm called to serve my family, my kids. I'm called to be a great son to my parents. I'm called to be a great relative, a brother to my sister and my brother. I'm called to be these things. I'm called to be a great friend. I'm also called and meant to serve to uh, clients that God brings according along my path. I every morning I get up. 
And I, by the way, it's not like I get up and I intentionally pray every single day. Uh, and not that I ever actually feel ne- the need to either. But this is the kind of mindset I have, you know, going into my day. God, whoever it is that could benefit greatly from my experience, expertise, uh, my education, all of my successes, failures, my gifts, talents, abilities, everything that you've gifted me with. If there's somebody that you bring across my path today, let me be of value to them. If that happens to be somebody that you prompt me to reach out to and serve for free, I will do for some what I wish I could do for everyone authentically, Lord, I'm also looking for that next big client that's going to help me achieve my financial goals. So for me, it's, it's, it, but the thing is, is when it comes to an opportunity to serve every day, number one, I am going, actually get this lingon. I'm going <laughs> to, hmm. number one, I'm going to serve me. I'm going to love me first. My number one yeah. ministry responsibility is to myself to take care of my vessel, to take care of my physical body, to ca- take care of my mind, to to provide for myself, to put my own oxygen mask first. Because, and again, guys, I'm I'm not trying to convince anybody, but I'm t- just saying this is the mindset that drives me. So in my mind, there's this scripture where Jesus was once asked. He says, "What is the greatest commandment of the world? Were uh, in the world?" And he says, "Well, what does the scripture say?" And it's like, "Well, love the Lord your God." with all your heart, mind, soul, and understanding. He's like, great. He goes, and the second is like it. And the second greatest commandment, he said, is equal to the first. He said, love yourself. And people will say, wait, that's not what it says. (laughs) Actually, Actually, if you look into it, it actually says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, you can't love your neighbor as you love yourself until you first love yourself the way that you're supposed to love your neighbor. So I, so, okay, going back, I serve, life is service, serving me first, serving my wife, serving my kids, serving my, everybody else that comes along the way, clients, potential clients, whatever the case may be. It's all ministry to me. So there is no such thing in my mind as, okay, there. this is the family box and this is the ministry, mm-hmm. this box, and this is the business box. There is no distinction for me. Yeah, so uh, you, you're also saying that if you don't ta- take care of your family, it will affect your business. Uh, and if you don't take care of your business, it will affect your family. Is it what you're saying as well? Well, I, as long as I, yes, I would definitely agree with what your summary was there, but there's a very first important initial step. If you don't first take care of yourself, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So taking care about yourself, what's your definition of taking care of yourself? I, taking care of yourself in my mind, when I say that, I'm talking about spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, all of those things. So you you told us about your eating habits. Can you share with us what else do you do to take care of yourself? Yeah, so, well, it, that changes from time to time depending upon what I'm studying, but I work out six days a week, um, and during those workouts, each I do 45 minutes each day. Usually, I'm doing a minimum of 45 minutes of cardio workout. Sometimes it's high intensity interval training. Sometimes it's just straight on long haul. You know, let me just see how far I can push myself. Occasionally I'll go out for 50 mile, 100 mile bike rides on my, uh, my street bike. Um, 
You know, whatever it is that gets my heart up and running, keeps it healthy. I've learned that after 20 minutes of high-intensity aerobic activity, a minimum of 65% or more of your maximum heart rate starts to change what's called the cytokines in your body, and it actually sends repair crews through your body that literally repairs and in your the different organs in your body, kicks out cancerous cells in your body. Yes, I don't know if you've heard about this, Lingen, but the average, the average human has cancer in their body two to three times throughout their lifetime. Actually full-blown cancer. But you never get diagnosed with it because your immune system hopefully is strong enough to boot the stuff out when it appears. And a Uh lot of cancer could be avoided uh, and sometimes even eliminated by just changing your cytokines in your blood. So that's why I love aerobic activity. I also do strength training usually about two days per week and sometimes more uh, just to build you know, muscle mass and keep strong. And I eat healthy, whole, natural foods pretty much most all of the time. I still eat a couple packaged uh, snack bars, you know, uh, low, car- low to no carb with sugar alcohols, no actual added sugar, uh, but, but mostly whole, clean, natural foods that are healthy. And currently, I am on the keto lifestyle, and I've been doing the ketogenic diet since May of 2019. It's currently January 23rd, 2020. I went off of it for two days, and I don't know that I'll actually go off of it again. Uh, I I love how I feel on the ketogenic lifestyle. And in your business life as well, well, life is that you lately share that you do more of what you really want to do, what you really feel like doing and less of what you should be doing. Yeah. I, by the way, I, here's a quote that I, that I got from a guy named Rich Lidfin. He's the co-author of a book called The Prosperous Coach. And this, by the way, this book is amazing. Lingen will tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, one of the, I, went at, I went to one of his intensives in San Diego, and one of the biggest takeaways I got from there was just a one-liner that just blew my mind. Busy people are over-obligated and under-committed. Busy people are over-obligated and under-committed. And then following that, he said, uh, successful people will choose guilt over obligation every day of the week. And then I didn't like the idea. I, by the way, I, as a, I don't think a success, a truly successful person will never accept guilt. They'll just have no problems at all saying no <laughs> to any obligation. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I have given up on all obligations. I, I will not allow myself to obligate myself to anything. If I'm going to do something, I will be fully committed to it. And at any point when I've decided that being fully committed to it does not get me closer to the ultimate vision and dream of my life, which we're still on point number one, having a very clear vision or picture of what you want your life to be like. I know exactly what I want in my business. I currently, I have two mastermind groups, 12 members per group, and my desire is that nobody in that group is ever paying less than $1,000 a month, and the only people who pay $1,000 a month are the people who are currently grandfathered in at that price, but all new members come in at $25,000 a year or uh, $2,250 a month. I know that that is my primary focus. I want 24 clients of the Next Level Mastermind that I invest in at a very deep level, and I want three to five one-on-one coaching clients. I also know that I want my meetings 
that are scheduled on my calendar to be limited to no more than Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That means there is no scheduled calendar appointment. There is no committed time on my calendar ever on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. That means at any moment in time, my wife and I could easily pick up at the drop of a hat and take a four-day weekend. That's what I want my life to look like. See, so when people say, Cliff, I want clarity, this is the kind of clarity that's needed. Because then when you know what you want your life to look like, when you have a very clear picture of exactly what you want your life to look like, then your decisions about all the many great and good opportunities that come your way, it's very easy for you to say, no, 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 no. You see Nehemiah one time, an Old Testament story, Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall. Uh, and when he was building the wall, there were some people that came and they said, hey, come down from there. We would like to meet you in this town and have a meal with you. We'd like to ask you some questions. We'd like to pick your brain. Uh, actually, they were intending to harm him, but that's another story for another time. But anyway, the thing is, is hey, can we meet? Can we, ha- can we have di- lunch together? And he says, listen, I'm doing a good work here. I cannot come down to meet with, with you. Why should I leave this great work to go and meet with you? And, and that's exactly, it's like, listen, I know the life for which I was called to live. I have a clear vision of that. By the way, sometimes that vision, and you know, sometimes, man, I thought it was clear, but man, I have a little bit more clear, more, a little bit more clarity now, and I'm adjusting things as I go. But man, I, I'm always driven by a vision, and the things that I say yes to are only the things that fit in alignment with where I'm going in life, where I want my life to be. Wow, wow. Uh, I think we're ready to move to point two now that we have, a, uh, we have worked on a vision. You wanted to talk about the leverage, the next step. Yeah, so once you have a clear picture, <laughs> the the reality is is like okay now uh, what am I gonna do? Uh, you you have to have a clear reason why, not that you want it. In fact, we talked about in step one. You have to ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want my life to look like? But what you need then is an emotional connection, and and there's a key phrase there: emotional connection has to be at a nervous system level, not just in the mind, in the brain, but there has to be some kind, there has to be multiple neuro associations, neural connections that go take the brain and the fluids and everything going on in your brain, and it has to fire synapses so that you feel it emotionally in your body. You have to have an emotional connection to why you must have that vision come true. That's it. You, and we call this leverage. I learned this from Tony Robbins. And what he talked about is you need to create neuro associations to the actions and activities that you need to do, that you need to perform to, uh, to get you closer to that vision becoming a reality or to, for that dream to come true. You need to ask yourselves, okay, this is what I want. What would it take? What would I? Okay, listen to this. What actions or behaviors would I need to start doing to get closer to that vision? And what actions or behaviors would I need to stop doing to get closer to that vision? All right? 
And then all of a sudden what you realize is like, okay, why haven't you already started doing those things? And maybe it's because, you, well, I just discovered. It's like, okay, then go take action, right? Uh, and sometimes it's like, well, yeah, I know. I, I've, gosh, I should have done this for the last three years, but I haven't ever done it. I keep putting it off, blah, 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 blah. We can get to that. Uh, what you're missing is, some people think what they're missing is motivation, but motivation comes from this thing called leverage. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But there's also those things that you want to stop doing the, the behaviors the, that you need to stop doing. Uh, for example, the overeating and the staying up late and only having an hour's worth of sleep on a consistent basis and, and consistently trying to, to uh, fill very low dollar items in your thing when you currently have, you know, you're just working around the clock and you're not making any money. And you're, you're just not, you don't have the beliefs that you can charge more. So you're going to continue to go uh, and go after this low dollar item stuff. You need to stop some behaviors. You need sometimes you need to stop certain streams of income in your business. And of course, again, remember when I told you my story, I I stopped a half million dollars worth of income <laughs> like that in an instant because I knew it was no longer serving the new vision, the new clarity about exactly what I wanted my life to look like. And in a heartbeat, I turned around and I said, "I must have this." All right. Now, how do how do you get to the place where you make a commitment to work out six days a week every week for the rest of your life? How do you get to a place where you decide I need to quit the behavior of eating sugar? It's not serving me well. How do I get to the place where I make the decision to leave a lucrative insurance career where I'm the next in line to take over the insurance agency? How do I make a decision to shut down an entire half million dollar a year podcast coaching consulting business? How I did all three of those things is called leverage. And here's how you get leverage. You create neuro associations in your mind that uh, associate the idea of not taking the actions that you know you should take. So for example, I, I knew that for me to accomplish the, the physical body that I felt God called me to live in, which is a physical body that's usually no more than about 180 pounds, ideally closer to maybe 160, unless I decide I do want to be on the front cover of Men's Fitness Magazine. And then maybe it's still uh, maybe 190, 195, but with only 10 or 15% body mass. You know, getting clarity about what you want. But the thing is, is to get where I want to go, the behavior I would need to start in November of 2014 is I need to start working out six days a week, every week, and I want to commit to doing this for the rest of my life. So how do I do that? I need to get leverage. What is leverage? It's creating neuro associations of what massive, immediate, unbearable pain I will experience if I don't work out six days a week. You know, well, what if I only work out five days a week? Well, it's not six. So guess what? There's immediate, massive, and unbearable pain. Those are the three ingredients that are needed for leverage. Immediate, massive, unbearable pain to the thought of not living up to that action. So how does this work for me? Okay, Lingen. Man, I'll tell you what, there, you know, I'm kind of busy today. I know that I was traveling yesterday, so I didn't work out yesterday. I'll consider that my day off this week. So now I, I'm here today. It looks like a busy schedule, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think I'm just going to take the day off. Guess what? That can't happen because in my mind, I've created a lot of neuro associations that I feel emotionally and physically in my nervous system when I think about the idea of not doing that. 
What are so some of those neuro associations for me? Some are that, well, number one, I made a commitment uh, over five years ago that I was going to do this. And there are so many people out there just waiting for me to fail. I'm not gonna, get, if, I, if I don't work out, I am giving them, I'm giving my enemies ammunition. Not only that, but man, think about all the, the hundreds and hundreds of people that have emailed me and said, Cliff, because of you, I've lost over 50 pounds. I've lost over 100 pounds. I've lost over 200 pounds. I have those emails. Man, because of that, I've inspired them. If I lose, if I just, if I decide to kind of just call it in or phone it in, what kind of an example am I? I'm the mindset answer, man. I can't do this. If I do this, then what does it mean? So I've got so much there. It's like, man, and not to mention the fact that, you know what? This is what maintains the energy levels. And I can't think about going through today. Yeah, I'm busy today. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's inconvenient for me to go to the gym. But you know what? I need the the dopamine, endorphins, and the adrenaline, and all of the things that's going to unlock the energy to start my day to give me what I most want to get out of this. By the way, that's the second part of leverage, which is a, making neuro associations to the massive, immediate pleasure that you will get from doing those things. Man, if I go to the gym today, I'm going to, number one, be able to have more self-confidence at knowing that I had the self-discipline to do it. That's gonna boost my confidence in this area, but also confidence is easily uh, transferred to my sales. It's in my confidence in the content that I create, the confidence in a conversation with someone. I, I love the confidence. I love the fact that I'm gonna be that source of inspiration. I love the fact that I, I could go on and on, but you want to be able to create neuro associations. You, to anything you want to start doing, you want to create uh, neuro associations of the massive amounts of immediate, massive, unbearable pain that you would get by not doing it and the immediate and massive pleasure you'll get from doing it. And then, of course, you just reverse it from the things you want to stop. As far as eating sugar, oh gosh, the, the massive, immediate, unbearable pain. I have hypoglycemia. So I know that if I eat sugar, my sugar levels go up, my insulin kicks in. My insulin then reduces my sugar levels, but because of my body, hypoglycemia means that my body doesn't shut off the insulin when it should. Therefore, I drop all the way down. And then my body is either going to tell me, Cliff, you must eat, you must do something to get your sugar levels up. And the quickest way to do that is eat something that's high in carbohydrates or just pure sugar and that'll bring you up. And then I'm on a roller coaster of all kinds of stuff. And if I don't eat sugar to, to counteract the ongoing flow of insulin in my body that is caused by the sugar, then I'm going to pass out, which means I'm not going to be good for, for anything today. So I know that there's that. And then of course, all the other kinds of stuff. So that's leverage. You so, need to be able to have leverage. You have to have enough reason why to get yourself to take the actions and to stop doing the actions or behaviors that you need to stop. So how did you find this leverage? Because your leverage will not be mine. Mine won't be others. How do you find the best leverage for yourself? Well, you can first uh, research what leverage people use to get the things that they want in life. And then say, how much of that could be applied to me? All right, that's the mm -hmm. first thing. Always yeah. says it's kind of cool to see the list of things that motivate other people. Uh, and then once you start to get thinking along that line, start asking yourself, well, what else is? What other? What other? Uh, what other ma pains would I experience? Massive, immediate, unbearable pains would I experience? And start to imagine those things. 
And the cool thing about our subconscious mind is it will answer any and every question you ever ask it. I promise you, ask yourself the question, man, why am I such a terrible husband? I guarantee you, you will get answers. By the way, never ask your subconscious mind that question. Instead, how can I be an incredibly awesome husband? How can I take my husband's skills to the next level? You'll always get an answer to that question. Ask yourself better questions, you'll get better answers, and that's how you find the leverage as well. Wow, thanks. And if you need some help, I guess you can ask your wife to help you uh, understand how you could be a better husband. Or you can hire a coach like Lingen who can help you with this stuff and, and help ask you the right yeah. questions to unlock those answers inside of you. Yeah, and you, Cliff, helped me a lot because, like, uh, I was in the middle of a lunch and uh, I didn't find, uh, you said, I didn't find the proper motivation. So you helped me find the proper motivation, which was right in front of me. Yeah. But I just didn't see it. So that's why it's so helpful to be a coach or mentor than being part of a mastermind group. It's so hard to see the directions of what we need to do in our life when we're inside the bottle. I think I can think about like when you are prescribed a medication on, on how to heal your body, the doctor sometimes will give you medication. It's usually in a medication bottle and the directions for use are actually printed on the outside of the label, on the outside of the bottle, on the label. And so it's very difficult if you're inside the bottle to actually see what those instructions are, to see the things that are obvious to everyone else. See, that we've all been conditioned to see the world in a very specific way. Everything we've ever experienced in life, all the input that's ever been on our cortex of our brain has all been stored and it causes us to see the world in a very specific way. And the way that we see the world and the way that we think and what we believe is our reality. But the reality is, is that there's a whole different way and a ton of different ways that you could see any circumstance. And so helping somebody, helping, having someone help you see things that you're not able to see is invaluable. And that's why I love professional coaching. Yeah. So agree. So in your formula, we got the vision, the leverage, but there's a third and the last step uh, to help us have a better business. What is this uh, third uh, step, uh, Cliff? It's, it's a decision. Uh, decision matched with action. So you have to decide, okay? First, you have to ask yourself, what do I want? All right, and it's not important that you know how you're gonna get it. See, it's not important that you have clarity on the exact next right steps. It's important that you know what you want. Then you have to have a very clear understanding on why you must have it. Why, all of the reasons why you're gonna experience massive, immediate, unbearable pain if you're not going to experience that. And the immediate, massive pleasure of all the activities that get you closer to it. You have to have all of those things. But once you have all of that, it's now time to decide. I, it, so it goes from, I want to have this in my life, to, or I want this to be my life, to I must have this as my life. And then the third one is a decision. I will have this as my life at, at whatever cost. I, I am so sold on this is the life that I was created to live. I must have this. I am deciding, by the word, the, the root word of decide is side, C-I-D. It's the original root Latin. And it means to kill. There's homicide, pesticide. There's also 
So for example, when you're making, when you say, I decide I'm going to do this, you're literally killing any other option other than that outcome. That means that all of a sudden somebody says, hey, Cliff, will you, uh, can you come over here and participate in this speaking gig and blah, 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 blah. And by the way, it's going to probably take about three weeks of your time and it's going to pull you out of here. And it has nothing to do with, you know, mindset. It's all about teaching people how to podcast. And the answer to that question is no. I, I I will not I will not spend three weeks on something that does not work actively in alignment with where I know I'm going. That is a distraction. No, the answer is no. It doesn't matter how much money you're going to pay me. None of that stuff because I know how much money I need to make and I know how I want to make that money and that's very clear. And so this option is no. I'm deciding that there is no other option other than what I've chosen for myself and it helps me evaluate. So number one, you need to decide and kill any other option than what you've set out that you're going to do. I will have this. So I want this. I must have this. I will have this. And then you never leave this. This is a Tony Robbins direct quote, by the way. You never leave the site of a decision without taking action. In fact, you want to ask yourself this question. You want to say, what can I do within the next 24 hours that will get me one step closer to that reality, to that dream becoming true. What is one, two, or three things that I can do within the next 24 hours? The next question, what is one, two, or three actions that I can take, whether they be starting something or stopping something, all right? What is one, two, or three things I can do within 24 hours, within the next seven days, within the next 30 days, within the next quarter, and within the next year? And just write all those things out. And by the way, ask yourself this question. Ask your subconscious mind. I promise you, you'll come up with some answers. Begin finding some role models out there who are achieving success in doing the things that you're doing and then find out. And then when you do find out, take action. Go do them. And by the way, don't worry if they're the right action, the exact right action, because guess what? What worked for someone else may not work for you. I had somebody said, Cliff, don't worry about marketing your Free the Dream conference this far in advance. Don't start marketing this thing a year in advance. Most people, like 70 or 80% of your ticket sales are going to come in within three to four weeks of the event actually happening. And so <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I, w- I put it off for it. I started a couple months earlier, but did I see a 70 or 80% uh, response rate? No, I saw a 70 or 80% of my ticket sales happen when I started it. And uh, so what, you know what, you learn, you do things. Don't be afraid of failure. That was another part of the the step here is is the importance of failure. Failure is your friend. Failure helps you learn things that don't work. It gives you new distinctions of how to tweak your approach. I can't begin to tell you the number of different streams of income, different courses, different ideas that I've had. And I just, you know, people talk about white, shiny object syndrome saying that, man, I just just do one thing after the other. That's great. Don't don't (laughs) see that as a bad thing, but just stop doing the things that don't produce results and learn from those things and say, how can I improve this? Is this evaluate? So you want to decide and take action, take lots of actions, Make that list of the one, two, or three things you can do within seven or within 24 hours. One, two, or three things you can do within 24 hours. One, two, or three, or seven, or anyway, you get within, you know, the whole thing all the way down. Make that list of the max of action and go take those action items. Don't worry about if they'll work or not. 
you won't know until you try them. And then the things that fail, learn from them. Do I want to try this again? Do I want to tweak it? Do I still evaluate based upon what I'm learning? Will this get me closer to my goal? Or is there a better action that I can take? Just keep doing that and never cease doing that until you are living your dream. Cliff, which of your failure would you say is your best friend? The one that helped you the most in your business, in your family life, that can give us uh, an example of what you're saying? So I would say my my it, it's easy for me to just immediately point to my most recent largest failure, and that was the financial uh, abil ability to produce this conference called the Free the Dream Conference. There are many areas in which I will tell you the Free the Dream Conference has been a massive success. The production value of it, the quality of uh, impact and influence in the lives of people who did attend the event from all over the world Absolutely awesome, including Lingen, who came all the way from France to uh, Franklin, Tennessee for this weekend. It, the, the production value of it, the assets that I have, the video recordings of it, I mean, it's off the charts awesome. There's so many things that were absolutely amazing about Free the Dream. But financially, major failure. In fact, I, I, I put in 60 some odd thousand dollars into the event uh, in 2018, and we did not sell that much in ticket sales. I think we sold somewhere close to 42,000 or something like that in ticket sales. And then I was so focused on marketing that when I had some people drop out of my mastermind group because they had been in the group for over a year and their commitment was up, I didn't replace those because I'm like, ah, you know, most of my ticket sales are going to happen within the final few weeks. I'm going to have so much profit and that'll cover the deficit. Well, I didn't have profit on the event. I had lost income. And overall, I experienced a $38,000 hit as a result of that. And I wasn't prepared for that. And that was a major mistake. And by the way, that set me into a massive setback in my mindset. I dropped it back into a mindset of scarcity. And I didn't even realize that I had dropped into a mindset of scarcity. And then all of a sudden, I went overboard on my focus on digging myself out of that $38,000 hole, which I was able to do, thankfully, by the grace of God, within four months. And that's that's $38,000 in income over and above the monthly income that's needed in my business. And I was able to do that because of the kind of business that we have the opportunity to create in this world. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be fine with this. And then next thing I know, because I was working around the clock, I would, by the way, still working out six days a week, every week for the, you know, during that period of time. But man, I was working a lot and I started to find myself getting into some habitual routines of eating things just to, to make myself a little less anxiety ridden and stressed. And I'm like, I didn't even realize this was happening. And next thing you know, my weight started going up. I gained about 20 pounds over the course of those four months. I'm like, what has happened? And so that was a failure. I said, I'll never be above 200 pounds again. And then all of a sudden now I'm above 200 pounds. And I admitted that to my audience and I'm like, and I experienced massive immediate uh, uh, pain, you know, it's like, okay. And so, you know, I'm back down in the one eighties now, but, and, and stuff like that. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to learn. And then free the dream 2019. I'm thinking I'll never make those mistakes again. And I made about half of the mistakes over again and free the dream 2019. Again, larger number of people from around the world who came to it, amazing success, production value, all that stuff. But once again, I did exactly the same thing. I pre-committed 
So no less than $65,000 of expenses. And I ended up selling about $62,000 worth of ticket sales. And I did have a deficit once again. And it's like, I'm going to make it up in the profit. Yeah. And I, I, I can't remember what, the, but I, I, was, I was in the hole again. And I dug myself out. But thankfully, I didn't go back into the mindset of scarcity this time. So, yeah, yeah I learned from that. So what, what did you learn from that that was the most beneficial for so, you? Yeah, so like, here, here's a couple. So here's why that failure is my friend. Number one, I love the fact that I am a case study for my clients. I absolutely mm -hmm. love the fact that I can admit to my clients that I took actions and I failed. So I can, number one, it gives me, what I learned from this is the ability of, of saying, hey, I didn't die. You know, I, I, I can bounce back. I learned the fact that this, this isn't going to kill me. It's not, I mean, I can have a $38,000 loss and it doesn't destroy me. That's a good thing. That means also I, I come away learning the fact that I can empathize with other people who are on their journey and their failures. And I can help them understand what I learned on how to control your emotional state, how to get focused, how to stay focused, how to, how to bounce back. I have all of those things that I've learned that I can now use in my coaching with others. I also learned a lot of things about, man, why am I going after this free the dream thing? Why isn't this working? And I learned a lot of, gosh, the things that I learned about marketing. I mean, incredibly valuable things about marketing that I, that I still use today in my business. I've learned how to market things in a more effective way that is beyond my wildest imagination. I've learned things about Google Analytics, UTM codes, heat maps. I learned about uh, persuasive words. I learned a lot of reasons why people say they don't come, how to overcome objections, my sales. I've learned so many valuable things. But the, more importantly, I learned a lot of things about myself and what drives me and some of the things that I still need to work on spiritually inside, actually, in which I have worked on. One of the things that I learned through this process is that I had this vision and dream that one day I'm going to speak in a stadium with tens of thousands of people. And initially, when I had that dream, I was like, that's not for me because Quite frankly, that scares me. I don't even know that I want to be that person. Gosh, the the way my life would be if I if I was at a place in life where tens of thousands of people who would come and travel to an event that I host in a major city, would I want a life where I, I can barely walk down the street holding my wife's hand without five people asking for a selfie with me? Not that I wouldn't think that that's cool, but at the same time, would I get would that become overwhelming at time? Not to mention the fact that I'm currently at a place in my business where I have... I, I have the amount of fame that's called in my industry, uh, you're a big fish in a small pond. So within a certain community, I, I am a little, I have a little bit of credibility or a little bit of celebrity status among a small group of people. And because of that, I've already attracted one very significant uh, internet troll who absolutely despises me and works hours every week in during certain seasons of of his life and depending i guess maybe what medications his doctor's switching him over to um uh, that was actually very judgmental and and so but i i realize that's probably what's going on and but i got a guy who's actively looking to try to destroy me online and he unfortunately knows just where the line is to where i can't legally get a, le a restraining order on him but he he's enough to to show up actively engaging, uh, creating lots of fake accounts. And 
the question is, do I ever want to get to a place where I have hundreds of those people? Because I, I follow <laughs> I follow the Twitter account for the president of the United States. I follow the Twitter account for Tony Robbins. I follow the Twitter route from people who have massive online followings. And when they say anything, I then sometimes will look at their comments or their, you know, replies. And it's it's terrible. And some of those people have to have personal security to protect their lives. They get death threats. And I'm thinking, do I want this? And so eventually, so I knew this vision wasn't mine, but all of a sudden I'm like, but I feel like this is what I'm being called to. And by the way, I still feel like it's a part of my future. But at some point down the journey, I began to embrace that vision. I began to start thinking not only what, man, I, I think I might like to have this. And then all of a sudden I started like, well, wait a second, here's why I think I should have this because I, it will be greater impact and influence in the world. That's consciously what I thought. But the biggest thing I learned for myself, Lingen, is there was something else that was driving me. There was something else that was forcing me to try to make that vision a reality much faster than it should be at this point in my journey. And that was a drive for significance. I, I felt like, man, if, if I actually were to achieve this, then I'd finally feel significant. I'd, fi- I'd have people who really look up to me and they would see just how awesome I am. People would remark, yeah, I would have my haters, but the number of people who would say, man, Cliff, I wish I was as awesome as you are. You are so significant in my eyes. And I, I didn't consciously think about those things, but I knew that they were driving me, but only in hindsight, only after failing twice to think, why didn't God bless this? Why didn't this just happen? Why didn't this just fall into my lap the way so many other things did? And after a lot of evaluation, I realized it's not because I didn't have any pure motives, such as impact and influence in the lives of people all over the world, like Lingen and people who've come to this conference. It, it really has been powerful, and I don't regret it. It was the most awesome failure I've had. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the actual failure itself, but I'm also proud of the actual awesomeness that have come that has come out of and what is free the dream. And then I've just learned it's like wait a second, I can still pursue free the dream without actually seeking significance in return. And as a result of all of that evaluation since September of 2019, Lingen, you've been following my journey. I've never experienced more peace, love, joy, abundance, and satisfaction in life without actually feeling like I have to do anything to earn it or achieve it. Without false humility, would you say that what you shared is not only the formula to success in business, but to happiness? The, the, formula, the formula for happiness has nothing to do with your business. Your business will never make you happy. Your financial situation will never make you happy. Your physical conditions will never make you happy. Your relationship with your wife will never make you happy. Your relationship with your kids will never make you happy. Your car, what car you drive will ne- nothing nothing externally will ever make you happy. Happiness, joy and peace is all internal. It's a decision. I can tell you right now, if you want, you can read a book called The Man's Search, or it's called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he can tell you how he experienced peace, joy, love, and abundance in a German concentration camp in Auschwitz. All right? I can tell you about people who have no arms and no limbs. Uh, his name is, one guy is uh, Nick Vujicic. 
Guy is an incredible human being. Look at lifewithoutlimbs.org. There are people out there, trust me, they have none of the things that you're already gifted in. The things that you and I are taking for granted every single day, uh, and then we're unhappy because we think that if we just had this, we'd be happy. We could be happy just like those people. We could be happy just like Nick Vujicic who wakes up every single day of his life with no arms and no limbs. We could wake up happy just like uh, and, and at peace and, and full of joy and expectant uh, hope for the days ahead, just like Viktor Frankl who lost his family in Auschwitz. We can choose that intentionally every single day. Your business will never give you happiness. That if you if you don't take anything else from this conversation today, know that your happiness comes from within. Yeah. So what's the connection of what you just shared with us and happiness then? Why should I sh- follow the step you just showed us if what I want is to be truly happy? If you want what's the if you want what it is to be truly happy is you have to ask yourself what would what does life look like find out who you were created to be and live that life that that's happiness you know i i once made a i i once made a podcast episode that i now regret um there is an, there's this proverb of the 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 businessman who goes down to Mexico and there's the fisherman who's who goes out and he's fishing on the boat and he fishes just for enough for himself and his friends and at the end every afternoon he has a siesta has a meal and and plays guitar with his friends and his wife in town and then they go to bed and he does this every single day he just that's what he does and the businessman's like man how did you get all that fish Wow, you should actually go out and get a couple more boats and 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 bring in more than this. If you have this gift and ability to 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 earn all this fish, you should be able to do this. And then all of, he says, and why would I do that? Because because then you could actually have enough money you can buy extra boats and you could teach other people so that they can fish. And you could actually uh, and he says, and and why would I do that? So then you could hire other people and more business. And then all of a sudden you could set a distribution center. And he goes, why would I want to do that? He goes, so then you could actually create uh, uh, intercity things and you could build even more income for yourself and blah, 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 and you can manage all of these things. And and then he says, why would I want to do that? And he says, because then you could have this international conglomerate and you could, and blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, down the road, one day you could sell your company so that one day you could actually just sit here and fish all day uh, just far enough for yourself and your fan, friends and family, you could have a siesta every day and retire and, and enjoy life with your friends at night. And and I made fun of it. It's like the, in the proverb of the story is like, if you just want to be, just do what makes you come alive. Do what make do. Follow your heart. Your heart and your intuition always seem to lead you in the right direction. The thing is, is so many of us have lost touch with the ability to ask ourselves, "What do we truly want in life? What is life? What do I? What is the life I feel created to live?" I can tell you right now, Mother Teresa lived an abundant, rich, wealthy life. She may not have had money in the bank account like you want to have, and that's fine. What works for some works for others. She didn't need she didn't need a business. She just needed to know who she was, what her identity, what lights her up. You see, Tony Robbins talks about this, the formula for happiness. It's he says formula for happiness is like a mathematical LC equation. LC equals BP. All right. LC means life conditions. What is going on in your life today? And the BP is your blueprint of how you think the world ought to be. All right, it's what you think 
the, how life should be. It's your model of the world. So life conditions equals blueprint or life conditions equals the way you believe life should be. So mm-hmm. in any time, Lingen, anytime you've ever experienced happiness, you will always be able to tell that, let's just say it's happiness in the relationship with your wife. At that time, well, let me ask you this. Has there ever, for, for, we're not going to go into what the circumstances were, but has there ever been a time when you've been unhappy in your relationship with your wife? Has that ever happened? We're not going to go into yeah, the details. Yeah, of course. Okay, of course. That, good yeah. enough, good enough. All right, <laughs> but let me ask you this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you're like, man, I am so overjoyed, be, like happy doesn't even begin to express how I feel about my relationship with my wife? Yeah. All right, here's what mm-hmm. I can tell you. I guarantee you this. There's a certain way you think your relationship with your wife should be. You think that certain things should happen, certain the, the way that you communicate to one another, the things that each of you do for one another, all of those things. You have a blueprint. You have a model of how you think that ought to be. The time when you were happy, your life conditions equaled that. Mm-hmm. And the time when you were not so happy with her, there was something on the life condition side that didn't live up to that. It's so true. Yeah. So if you want to be happy in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, in your business, in your bank account, you could either change your life conditions or change the way you think and believe how things must be. So for example, it's possible, I can tell you right now, um, it's possible for you to be in debt and still be extremely happy and feel abundant and wealthy in life. It's, but but if you subscribe to Dave Ramsey's model of the world and nothing for you exists outside of what Dave Ramsey says, then if you're in debt, then you're unhappy. It, there, I can tell you right now, there's lots of people out there who have tens of thousands of dollars in debt and they're way happier than people who have millions of dollars in the bank. And so what I'm telling you is how much money you have in the bank or don't have in the bank doesn't lead to happiness. It's just whether or not you, it's what you think you're, how life ought to be and, and how you decide life ought to be. If it doesn't equal that, your life conditions don't equal that, then you're going to be unhappy. And so you can either change your life conditions to meet what your model, the world is in that area of your life, or you can change what you believe about how life ought to be. Either way. And sometimes, if the life conditions are within your control, then go for it. But sometimes, what the, the, the blueprint, for example, in the model of the world with my wife, sometimes the life conditions are on her end that aren't being met. And so, I can't change her. I've, trust me, I've been married for 23 years. I gave up on that a few years into the process. <laughs> Um, so, so anytime I'm unhappy in my relationship, I trade my expectation for how things ought to be. And I begin to appreciate for the things that things are. And I reevaluate and adjust my model of how my relationship would would be with my wife. Uh, obviously there are some standards that you ought to have. Maybe actually you're going to have to decide for yourself what standards like, I'm not going to be okay if my wife starts seeing other men, you know, there, there are, Uh there are some things that you're just not going to get happy about, you know, but you know what I'm saying? So Lingan, if that answers your question, your, your business won't ever make you happy, but, but you can be happy with your business by changing your life conditions to, to reflect, to, to change your circumstances in life. And start doing the things in your business to meet what you think how your business ought to be. 
Or you can adjust and change your beliefs about how your business ought to be. For example, I used to believe that, man, I need to be making a million dollars a year in my business. And I used to be very unhappy. And and here the thing is, I'm making a half million dollars a year and I'm unhappy. When I remember in 2008, I was, I felt, in two, at the end of 2008, I was overjoyed at how financially successful my business was. That was my first year of full-time self-employment, and I made a total net income of $11,000 that year. I was, and I was so happy. We were debt-free. Why? Why was I so happy? I only made $11,000 my first year in business. Personal income, by the way. Business made more than that, but business paid for health insurance for the family, paid for the CPA, paid for computers, software, monthly recurring overhead of the business. But personal income, only $11,000. I had never been more happy up until that point in my life. Why was I so happy? Because my model of the world is I will not go into debt to fund this business. And I remained debt-free that year in spite of the fact we only made $11,000. I also had, I'm going to put food on the table. Food was on the table. You know, I had a model of how I felt life ought to be. And I was very happy the year I made only $11,000 net income. Wow, Cliff, that's just amazing. I can we could go go on and on. There's the Free the Dream conference that's held uh, this year in uh, July of 2020. Uh, can you talk about it? Uh, the answer. Can you talk about the next level mastermind and also how we can reach out to you? You know what? I'll tell you what. I don't want to talk about any of those things. Because until somebody decides that they want to go further, none of those things really matter. The question is, is has, have you heard anything here today that has spoken to your heart? Uh, and I hope that you have. And if so, there's only one place I want to send you. And it's not to something that you can buy from me or pay for. It is for free. Okay, depending on your dis- definition of free, I am going to ask you for your email address, which you can swiftly and promptly unsubscribe from my newsletter after you get this piece of content. But go to mindsetanswerman.com free. And at the top of that page, it has that one of those really big, bold promises that those slimy internet marketers say. It says, give me 60 minutes, and I promise you this will change your life forever. And if you don't believe me, watch the 90-second video clip. You can watch a 90-second clip, and if you are not convinced after 90 seconds of that video clip to put your name and email address at the bottom, then leave the webpage and say, man, I'm glad I, I, I'm still thrilled that I listened to that webinar with Lingen. That was awesome. Uh, and go on your way. You never need to hear from me again. Not a big deal. But here's what I will tell you. If you watch the 90-second clip and you put your name and email address in there, you will get instant access to the opening keynote address to the Free the Dream message. I promise you it will change your life. And my guess is that when I send you the email, automated email followed up, did I deliver what I promised? you probably will email me and say, Cliff, I heard about you from Lingen and that virtual summit that he did. So impressed. I came here. I was kind of skeptical about your one-hour video, but I did it anyway. But oh my gosh. And I have email after email and I want to hear from you. So go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free. That's it. Awesome. Thank you, Cliff. And uh, uh, I can testify that I was at Free the Dream. It was a game changer for me. 
I wouldn't be where I am today and doing what I'm doing without this. So yeah, go watch it. I put the link at the description of this recording. Um, Cliff, final words for our audience. Get clarity about what you feel your life is supposed to be. Dream big dreams. There's a sign behind me that says, don't quit your daydream. You know, some people said, you know, it's like, don't, don't quit your day job. No, don't quit your daydream. Go, by the way, don't quit your, don't quit your day job either until you have a very clear picture of what you want your life to look like. And you've taken some steps and got some, some results that will lead you to a proper transitional phase into whatever that life is, if leaving the day job is, but whatever you do, if, if you have stopped dreaming, start again. And for those of you who are dreaming, don't stop dreaming. Get clear about exactly what you want your life to look like. Then decide what leverage you're going to have, what neuro associations deep down in an emotional, physical, neurological, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, nervous system level that you're going to feel in your body about why you must have that life. Make a decision that you will have it, no matter what, at whatever cost, Start taking actions immediately within 24 hours, seven days, 30 days, quarter, year. Take as many actions. Don't be afraid of failure. Embrace it. Learn from it. Change your results until you get into the life you were created to live. Don't give up on your dreams. Mindset and Samantha.